0: Um, This morning I'd like to offer some instruction about Vipassana practice uh, to uh, explain a bit more clearly uh, what it is and and how uh, the kind of Samatha practice opens into Vipassana practice as it develops and um, and then I'd like to uh, invite any questions that you might have about the instruction or, or your practice, anything about your practice. And, um, and then after that, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the second foundation of mindfulness. So we've been working with the first foundation, which is the body. And um, you could move over a little bit maybe, <laughs> don't have to crane. It's, I, I, I really appreciate being able to see everybody's face. So thank you. Um, and uh, uh, so we'll talk about the second foundation of mindfulness, which is um, feelings. And uh, um, so the, the word has a, a quite a technical meaning in, in Buddhism. Uh, and I'll explain that. Uh, so vipassana, um, or insight practice, uh, is um, is a is a really at the heart of, of these teachings that we've been um, uh, looking at. Insight practice. Uh, insight is the uh, is the translation of the vipassana word. Of the Pali word for pasana, and um, uh, and it uh, you know again it's you know like mindfulness is a translation of the word sati, and and we bring our uh, and and this is just English, of course. There, you know, it's it's in every in every language, you know, you have to try to find words, and if you can't find words, create words that that. Uh, um interpret and and uh, express the essential meaning but you know I've uh, it, translation is such is such an art and and so the word insight you know has a lot of baggage uh, in in English. We usually use it these days to express uh, insights about psychology you know so you know I had an insight into, you know, why I have this fear or why I have this, this this drive or whatever it is you know, and it's usually relating something back to our family <coughs> history and explaining it out of our experiences and, and so we have this connection to the word insight that, you know, uh, is connected to more like the story of our lives, you know, the content, the experiences of our lives And when um, we use the word insight to describe uh, or to express what Vipassana means, um, the word Vipassana, you know, expressed perhaps more uh, directly or accurately might be translated as seeing deeply, looking deeply or seeing deeply into the nature of our experience. And so uh, when we when we're practicing vipassana, we're seeing deeply into the nature of our experience in our in our meditation practice and in our in our daily life practice, um, and and so uh, so as as we're practicing samatha, we are um, uh, learning to stabilize and steady the mind in our present moment experience, and we do that. Through um, connecting with the breath and and attending and bringing the mind back, you know. Remember, I talked uh, yesterday about you know the control practice of samatha, that we're we're transferring the capacity of the mind to to hold on to something, to grasp, and and transferring it from something that is you know full of uh, you know, often full of um, grasping or, or anxiety or aversion or re- reactivity and we're we're putting it on to a neutral present moment experience to, to learn to be present in the moment and especially in mindfulness of breathing to be present in the body. And so... So, um, as our as we develop this capacity to to attend to be steady and stable in the moment, um, we begin to be aware of what's arising moment by moment. You know, as we're as we're attending to the breath. So, the way that we would have worked with a lot of thoughts, a lot of emotions in samatha would be to come back to the breath. Um, and, and as we've practiced, the mind has calmed down. You know, the mind has become a bit more quiet. Um, we're not so overwhelmed. We're not so scattered. Uh, we're not, you know, or maybe there are times in our practice, at least, when we're not so overwhelmed and scattered by the activities of the mind. And so, um, uh, we... Uh, we're, Instead of instead of uh, turning away from you know the emotion perhaps that's coming up or the thought that keeps recurring and recurring and recurring, um, we turn toward it, and we that becomes our object of meditation. So the <coughs> and 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 really uh, a very <coughs> skillful way. to to do this practice is to bring our attention to the body and and we bring mindfulness is the first of what are called the enlightenment factors Uh, and then the second is investigation and so we bring mindfulness and investigation kind of work together and so we bring this investigation which is um, bringing an inquiring mind, a curious mind, an interested mind and to ask just what is this, what's happening you know so rather than being in the story, so perhaps I'm feeling an emotion, maybe sadness you know or or um, or aversion uh, or well maybe I'm not even sure what emotion I'm feeling, <laughs> maybe it's just some unsettled feeling and and so you know instead of going back and calming myself with the breath. I'm bringing this capacity to shine a light on the moment you know, with mindfulness and the the curiosity, the interest, and, and saying, what is this, what is this? And so when I ask, what is this, in the Vipassana practice, I'm not saying, what's the story? I'm not saying, where did this come from? I'm not saying, why is this happening? I'm just saying, you know, what is this? And, and so it reveals itself, it unfolds in the body, if, if we bring attention to the body. And, and that's, that's how I uh, teach and practice, to bring attention to the body. So it unfolds as tightness in the chest, it unfolds as a burning feeling. Um, it unfolds as a clenched throat or jaw, and and maybe a word will come up, you know, in the mind, uh, just in a very spontaneous way. But we don't. But the word, you know, which might name what's going on, you know, envy, anger hurt, um, loss, grief, you know, the word, the word, we don't stop with the word, and this this is, this is why working with labeling can be, um, uh, you know, it, it can be helpful, but it can also um, you know, arrest the process of investigation. Because the insight comes from staying with the experience and discovering its nature. And its nature is that it's impermanent. Its nature is that it's 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 dukkha, it's it's unsatisfying, it's perhaps painful, you know, if if we're, if we're exploring investigating uh, an afflictive emotion it is painful so it's, its nature is that it's not self it's arising from causes and conditions it's not something that I'm in control of it's not something that I chose or decided to make happen it just it's happening it's happening in the body-mind and so, so in Vipassana the insight these are the insights and, and they're known not conceptually it's not an intellectual process to, si- to say you know, oh, okay I see this is impermanent that, you know that intellectual process might come afterwards and say, oh that's impermanence but it's like when you're watching a sunset, or when you're watching a storm come in, you know, it's not an intellectual process. It's very direct. And this is very direct in terms of in inner seeing, the inner seeing of our inner process. And so we're directly seeing these um, characteristics that the Buddha said, you know look at your experience and see if you can find anything that you c- that can be known through the senses, including the mind. Remember, the mind is one of the senses. Sixth sense. See if you can find anything that is not characterized by these three characteristics. Impermanence, anicca, in unreliability, unsatisfactoriness, Painfulness, dukkha, and um, and non-self. So anatta. So not every experience is painful. Not every experience is dukkha. But the painful ones are dukkha, <laughs> you know. And and the pleasant ones can be dukkha when we try to hold on to them so, so they so they're dukkha in that they they we can't look to them for our well-being our contentment our peace our sense of um, yeah well-being so um, so in that way you know uh, even pleasant experiences can be dukkha we're going to talk more about that this afternoon so so in our Vipassana practice we we're moving from in, in, in the sitting meditation we're moving from uh, always returning to the anchor of the breath or whatever not everyone uses the anchor uh, the breath as an anchor. some people use body sensation or sound, so these these also can be used but um, so if you're using another anchor that's okay. Um, but uh, generally, I teach the breath and and so we're we're not returning to the breath we're we're turning to the object that has drawn our attention we're bringing our capacity for a stable, steady attention to bring mindfulness and investigation. So mindfulness... I haven't... I'm just realizing I haven't actually given a definition. So mindfulness, present moment, attention, without... Judging, commentary, holding, grasping, um, turning away, resistance. So it's it's that that remembering to be present. So the word sati, which is translated as mindfulness, um, sati actually has that notion of to remember, to remember to be present, and um, and it's not mediated through concepts. So it, mindfulness is <coughs> uh, is a you know, simple attention, bare attention. And um, and so it's joined with investigation in our Vipassana practice in order to see the, the true nature. And And this seeing, in seeing the true nature of every experience, we cease to hold on to it. We cease to attach to it. We cease to identify with it. So that's what's liberating, is the releasing the identification with it. So, so it's, you know, uh, when, when, you know, we're hurt, and hurt, and anger flares up, and and we immediately get into a story of self, you know, that that was you know so wrong. He shouldn't have done that. She shouldn't have said that. Uh, that was unfair. And we're we're drawn into a story of self. So so then. That you know, as as our insight practice develops, you know we, you know what I, what happens for me is when I, as soon as I'm, as soon as I'm aware that, you know, uh, I'm 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 feeling something painful, I'm I'm reacting, you know my I I come home, I come home to the body. I come home and I, I, and it's it, it's not a comfortable home at that moment. <laughs> you know, it's not like ah, oh, I'm home. Ah, oh, feels good. It's like I'm home. Oh, what a mess! <laughs> uh, oh, everything's turned upside down. Uh, it feel there's upheaval, and yet uh, I, you know, I know that that the way the way out is the way is is through the way the way out is is by you know courageously and compassionately opening to what's happening in the moment in the body and and so and so you know i come to recognize you know my old companions <laughs> that you know my old companion of Oh, I don't feel included. Nobody wants me. You know, my old companion of envy. You know, uh, I can't do that, and uh, they have so much better luck than I do. And my all these old companions that you know um, that come up because they're just the co- coming from the causes and conditions of my life, um, and and so. Um some of my old companions have uh I guess lost interest in me because I don't <laughs> I don't buy their story anymore so I'm not visited by all my old companions some of my old companions have fallen away uh and it's okay uh, they might come back occasionally <laughs> but it's okay <laughs> um so, uh, yeah, but the ones that still visit—it's uh, you know, there may be uh, you know new things that come up. Life, life throws us all kinds of challenges. You know, um, serious illness, uh, loss, um, different kinds of things that are confusing and difficult to to be with. Uh, and yet, um, you know, in this, in this sense of spaciousness, of presence, of mindfulness, you know, which develops in us as we, as we keep coming back to to mindfulness, we can be with it. Um, that's that's our. And that's our work, you know, and it's not always it's not it's not easy, you know. It, Christian monastics used to you know, which they had a different approach, but it was also being present with, you know, their visitors. Uh and and they called it the work. Um Byron Katie calls it the work. Uh to and she's a contemporary teacher, um uh, very uh, I guess, sort of non-dual um, teacher, very uh, brilliant and courageous teacher. Um, yeah, so that, that's our work, to, to open to what is, and uh, with an open heart, with compassion, with courage, to be with it. And, um, and to know that ultimately um, that's not who we are, you know that we are we are uh, you know, we are greater than that because those those come and go those come and go, and if if it comes, it goes, it can't be who we truly are right? so um So, I'd like to just uh, ask if you have any questions about Vipassana practice. Um, Yeah. Yes, in the Samatha practice, uh, when something comes up, a thought, the uh, response is to return to the breath. Yes. So, in the Vipassana practice, when something comes up that might be charged, reactive, whatever emotional <coughs> we're turning our attention to it. What's the equivalent to returning to the breath if we just keep getting caught up in the the cycle of that <coughs> right the drama. Yeah. So the so the if we're if if we're getting caught up in the drama of it then we're in the story. Right? So we're in our thoughts. So so the the way that we can learn to be with it in a direct way which is out of the story is to feel it in the body to 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 investigate it in the body so so what is this this whole story of you know um you know whatever whatever the difficulty is um uh you know, whatever the situation is, you know, we are. I mean, there there may be a real set of conditions in our lives that we need to to attend to, that we need to respond to. So it doesn't mean that, um, you know, it uh, that we don't also respond, but but. Our first order of business is to um, have uh, to to find some space, some openness, some stability within ourselves. So, so if I um, am in a relationship, for example, in which you know there's a lot of conflict, there's a lot of of difficulty, there's a lot of uh, you know, problems that are not getting addressed. You know, first I have to I, I might I might be caught in a pattern of reactivity, you know, and and so I wanna that, that's not getting me anywhere. I wanna I wanna become free of that. And so and so I'm 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 going to bring that to my to my meditation practice. I'm going to just you know, be open to What am I feeling? What am I feeling right now? You know, I'm feeling. Uh, maybe I'm feeling oppressed. Maybe I'm feeling um, overwhelmed. Maybe I'm feeling um, uh, not heard. And so, so, so just by uh, coming to the body and and allowing those all those intense feelings to, to be known, to be received, to, and to... You know, it's, it's, it's really something very mysterious that I discovered when I began doing Vipassana practice, that, you know, that we hold, we hold so much in the body, we hold so much pain, we hold so much suffering, we hold so many patterns, reactive patterns, mental patterns and and we're holding on to them because they're painful and we don't want to we don't want to experience them we don't want to feel them but, but when we begin to open to them they actually want to be received they want to be they want to be known they want to be uh, they want to be recognized. And and when we do, we change our relationship with them. Because we're no longer pushing them away. We're no longer pushing them down. We're no longer denying that they're there. We're no longer pretending that they're there, that they're not there. And and in opening to them, we are allowing them to self-liberate. So it doesn't mean that they don't return, but but when we have a relationship with them, that we that there's there's a bit of space that, and we realize that they'll move through us, that they're not self, they don't define us, uh, then we can allow ourselves to feel them and and be with them and yet we we have more space to respond to whatever it is in our lives that we're we're working with with a bit more freedom you know less fear less reactivity so so to get out of the drama you know the story we come to the body that's why the body I you know, talked about yesterday the body can be a refuge it's not an easy place but it's' it's, it's saying okay you know this is you know <laughs> this is what it is right now and I can be with it so it's a loving place it's a compassionate place for ourselves to say okay this is what it is right now and I can be with it and I will be with it and and then realizing that, you know, it too uh, will pass. So yeah, that's helpful. It's yeah. like what resists persists. Exactly. So we're just giving it permission to yeah, exactly. release. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it giving it permission to release, but it's it's not just like Okay, you can go now. It's <laughs> like okay, I'm here. I am here for you. I I'm I'm open to what this is. I want to know what this is. So we're opening to we're having we're having, you know, the courage to say, okay, yeah, I'm here. And I want to know what this is. What's your nature? Who are you? I accept you. Um, uh, it might not, might not go right away. It might hang around, you know. And it, and then it goes. You know, uh, when. I, I think it's important when we're with things when we're being with whatever it is whether it's grief <coughs> or fear that we, we're we with it and and we don't conceptualize okay I'm in grief now but we're really present with it in its unfolding and what we will discover is that it may be very intense and then and then we notice, oh there's a space. There's a little space in, in there in my grief. Or in my fear. Or in my sadness. You yeah. know, there's a space. And then it comes back. Oh, there's another space. Oh, look, there's a little there's a little joy even. Or there's a little peace coming peeking through. You know. Oh, and there's the grief again. You know so, so it's like that, you know when we're when we're present with the unfolding of of uh emotions, you know painful emotions, you know it's like oh, you know, if I'm really watching, I'll see that it's not just it's not just grief, maybe you know, maybe there's a little relief in there too. can i can I acknowledge that you know in the loss, which was painful, maybe there's a little relief because the whole thing was painful, you know, before the loss. So, and I can own that there's a little relief. You know. So, so that's, that's part of the unfolding process to really discern, you know, and see moment by moment what's coming through Any any other questions? Can you elaborate on the notion of non self in the context of a very wise explanation? So, the non self is that, you know, grief is just coming through because, you know, um you know for example, say we l- we lose somebody we love um, through either uh, death or you know they go away you know so 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 there's grief so the grief has to do with um the attachment you know and it's it's normal and human to feel attachment. I mean, when we practice metta when we're when we're cu- you know kind of cultivating this unconditional love, this non-attached <coughs> love, you know, we want our relationships to be to be characterized by a lot of metta, a lot of of. Uh, of unattached love, in which we're really caring for the um, the well-being, selflessly. We're not. It's not about. It's not about our agenda. You know. So we want. We want our our relationship with our children, with our our partners, with our uh, you know loved ones, to be characterized by metta. But let's face it, we're human, and where there's going to be attachment, because you know. Like, we feel good when we're with somebody, that's why we're with them. You know, if we didn't feel good, if we didn't like the way we feel when we're with somebody, you know, we wouldn't be with them, right? Uh, So there's gotta be something good in there for us. Um, And, uh, you know, about our friends, about our, you know, our relationships of choice, anyway. And so, so when and even uh, our relationships, which are not relationships of choice, you know, there's attachment. I mean, children, a child dies. You know, um, I, um, my son died um, nine years ago. Uh, he he died of mental illness. He yeah. uh, he had mental illness, and he took his life. And um, you know, I learned about grief. In that, I mean, there was a lot of love for him, which was just love for his well-being and wanting him to be happy and well and at peace. But there was also a lot of attachment, and you know, he was my son, um, and and so, uh, and, and so, grief came. It, it was just, <coughs> it just arose. It wasn't, it wasn't that I made it happen. You know, the grief just came. It was a human um, reaction to the loss of something that was loved and 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 held to, and you know, and 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 around which, I mean, there was a lot of self that I created in my relationship with my son. Of course, you know, like. You know, I'm his mother. I want him to be happy. I want, you know, I it was all of this stuff that I was trying to do for him to help him to find his way and and then he didn't. you know and and so you know what arose was grief, you know, and some anger. and I had to acknowledge later some relief because, my life had been so wound up with trying to help my son find his way, and I—I I had to, and it's, it was so difficult to admit to myself that that it freed up a lot of space in my life. When I mean, anybody who has somebody with mental illness in their family knows how much it can ask and demand. Um, so. Uh, So, so, you know, it's not that these feelings, I mean, these are feelings that just come through. It's not, it's not me or mine. They're, they're human. They're human experiences. That's non-self, yeah. It's not that I can, like, if it were a self, if it were myself, I would be in control. You know, if it were myself, I would say, "Okay, it's time for this grief to be over." You know, I've given it a good, you know, three or four months. <laughs> you know, let's put it aside now and move on. Uh, if it were myself, if it were a self, you know, I would, I would be in control of how it unfolded. Now I'm not in control, and um, and I don't you know, I don't know how it's going to unfold. It's always surprising. You know, all of our life, it's always surprising. So there are many ways to understand non-self, you know, so... I mean... because we're impacted, you know, also by the causes and conditions of the context of our lives. And, um... You know, the fact that I was experiencing all that had to do with, you know, who he was, and, you know, and it had to do with, you know, that mental illness ran in his father's family and the genetics, and like all of these non self factors that, you know, they all give rise to a set of conditions that. Is unfolding in my experience, and so, and so, if I can understand that, it, that it's not me, that it's 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 causes and conditions unfolding, and that really I'm the space in which it's unfolding. I'm the space of awareness. You know, if I can if I can define myself in any way, <coughs> so we can say that we are that awareness, that space of awareness. Within which it's all unfolding. Does that help? Yeah. Just going back to yesterday. Yeah, somebody else wrote me a note <laughs> and the one, forgot the third. So its body is wisdom, but body is awareness. So in that sense of, you know, the body knows, you know, the body knows how to be that space. The body knows. Uh, the body is aware of, uh, of of the truth of impermanence. Um, you know, so if we open to that in the body. I just had a quick question about um, what your thoughts were about the identification of trends, thinking trends, and noticing that they come and go, but is it important to recognize similar friends or ones come back regularly? Is that part of the fascinating world? Or <coughs> is it better just to see them as individual thought processes that naturally arise? It's very helpful to see patterns. It is helpful. Yeah, it's. That's not too complicated No, I mean, it's it's. That's what I meant by companions. Those old okay. companions, you know, like we have these, we have these patterns that, that come up. You know, whether it's self-judgment or judgment of others or, or feeling I don't belong or feeling not good enough, you know, um, all of these things, you know, keep keep coming up. Because they're learned, they're conditionings of the mind, and so you know it's um uh, it, the, it, it's like um Saint Francis used to you know call some of his the things that visited him you know he's like, you know um, he called his he called his body you know i think. Uh, brother-ass or sister-ass, you know, just really uh, um, kind of in a, in, a, in a friendly and you know, not, you know, very kind and compassionate way and and um, uh, you know, these different kinds of things that come up in our in our uh, lives and come up and, and manifest in us you know, can we have an attitude toward them of of, um you know, being open. I mean, they're, on, they're, they're, they're painful, that's, so it's hard. But, but if we can, you know, I, 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 u- I use that image of slamming the door, you know, in the face of these things, <coughs> instead of wanting to slam the door, just to recognize that actually it's just a thought. It's just a thought that comes from our conditioning, and, you know, we all have these patterns and these, and these habitual thoughts that come up. And so if we can relate to it in a way that, well, it's a neural pathway in the mind, you know. And when we don't, you know, these neural pathways can be changed. So when we don't um, kind of reinforce it by believing in it, by going over and over it again, by, you know... Giving it, you know, a lot of uh, power or truth, um, then sort of just like a trail, when you when you don't walk on it, it begins to get grown over. (laughs) So uh, those those pathways tend to, you know, just not they tend to atrophy when when we don't reinforce them. Um, hmm. Okay, later. I later like okay, okay. yeah, just, so and work. then, and then, and then Stuart, and then that. it, So yeah. in the Samatha uh, practice, um, I guess the home base is coming back to the breath and coming back to the body. Uh, would it be right to say that this stage of the practice and where you're instructing us to, to be or to look is um, to say that home base, if there is one, is just to be with whatever is arising, whether it's thought, feeling, sensation in the body. I think I'm asking because I'm noticing a lot of thinking that's not particularly charged. It's just sort of thinking that's that's sort of just thinking at work or what my kids are doing. And so I'm noticing, oh, thinking's happening. And then rather than coming back to the breath, I'm just sort of open and receptive to whatever is arising awareness next. yeah, yeah. Thanks. That's a great clarifying question. Um, so you know, in, in Vipassana practice, what we tend, what the way it's usually taught is to, you know, if something draws your attention away, to uh, to to see the nature of it, to see the impermanent nature. You know, usually we will focus on one of the three: the impermanent nature, or the, you know, the the dukkha of it, or the um, the selfless nature and then in sitting practice we we may return to the breath you know so we have an anchor that we can come back to um, and so that's that's how Vipassana is usually taught and then what you described in which um, which is kind of a, a continuation of Vipassana practice is is uh, called choiceless awareness and and so in the choiceless awareness, It's, you know, we're not really, that it's a, the stability of presence is is strong enough so that we're most of the time not getting too caught up, you know, in our thoughts, in our, you know, kind of planning mind or whatever. It's like, as you said, you know, it's like, well, there's the mind planning, you know, and then coming back to just uh, being present and and, uh, aware. Uh, um and uh and so and then a sound might come or a feeling might come so that there's the mind is is it's like it's connecting and then it's coming back to rest connecting coming back to rest and there's there's this sense of being uh, of of being the um uh the presence being the the knowing being the Awareness, not as something fixed, but as something which is, you know, alive. Yeah. So thank you for that question. I guess my question is pretty similar. um, So to set aside time for just some, is there value in that? Just to set aside time for for just awareness. Yeah, it's a wonderful practice. It's very valuable. But but should should you just allow yourself that particular time to do it? But if something arises, you just go back to that. But, but, but I'm just trying to understand is basically what you're saying, too, that the idea of that free flow and going with the pasma is something that can sort of extend beyond the question. Um, <coughs> and I guess knowing yourself, too, in terms of what's still really just in terms of primary practice should so the well, I say this is a time that just want to breath in because it will well I would say that you know um, I mean there's a choice so some people move into this the practice of you know it's called um, jonic practice or absorptions so so if you if you if you practice with the breath, and and your 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 you know your mind is becoming very collected and concentrated, and you're going deeper and deeper into those absorptions, I mean this is this is definitely a practice that that people do, and uh, and it's valuable because uh, you know the more that the mind is 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 collected, and uh, and stable you know the deeper it can penetrate um, uh, into the nature of things but for the for the for those of us who are practicing vipassana practice the thing about about the the samatha practice is that we don't see into the nature of of um, of our experience except you know you know we you may be going into many states of you know very pleasant uh, you know bliss states which do arise do happen develop in in the concentration absorption practices but um, but when you get up they're gone <laughs> because they're dependent upon the the conditions of the meditation practice so um, so, for those of us who are, you know, uh, living in the world and you know wanting to become more free and free to love, free to be non-reactive, um, free to be, you know, in the world uh, as a uh, beneficial presence, um, then uh, you know, it's uh, we 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 need to develop uh, the the capacity to concentrate or to attend it's called momentary concentration Um, and so uh, we we develop this capacity of the mind to to be concentrated enough to see how things are unfolding moment by moment to be in the present moment so but um, so it's it's a certain development of mind you know what i've been calling a stability or a steadiness of, of mind. It's a certain stability of mind in which we're not getting pulled away continuously by our thoughts and feelings and emotions. The mind's not scattered and, and, you know, all over the place all the time. We have the capacity to attend, and sometimes, yes, sometimes we'll get caught caught up, but it's not happening, you know, continuously. And when we do get caught up, you know, we're noticing it after not too long and coming back. So that's, that's the, you know, at that, at that place in our Samatha practice, we kind of open the field, and, and then we are noticing that it's not just the breath that it's arising, but it's body sensation that's arising, its thoughts, its feelings, its emotions, and so on. So, <coughs> again, a very good clarifying question. Thank you.